What's up, everybody? It's that time again. We're coming to you, dads, dudes, and coaches in the studio here in Westchester. Sit next to my co-host, Senior Bradley Olson. Good to have you back in here since my last episode. Yes. Solo. Exciting. Love it. It's been a few weeks, and uh, tonight we are talking effective communication as a coach. It's going to be a good one. Now, let me just preface this by saying this is... This could go on for hours, and we're not going to make it hours. This is like an intro from where we stand about effective communication. Let's get it going. We, it. The other, the other caveat we should yep. mention. Yep. Is we are also live recording <laughs> slash watching the Rangers <laughs> right. Right, right. right now. Right, 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 right. Because so, no, nobody can see this. Right? We have we have the game on. So <laughs> if you awesome. hear son of a, you know, right, 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 not good. Or if you go nuts, <laughs> just drop the microphone. Yeah, we will look. We got it's that time where we got to make sure that if anybody has a comment, a question, a suggestion, a topic, DM us on our Instagram handles, SC Trojan Brad. Myself, Jeff Laconte, tennis. We got some interesting headlines since we have last spoken. I got a couple in the rackets world. What about you? I mean, right now, there's only one headline that seems to be taking up a lot of the social media coverage, and that is this competing golf. Oh, in the golf tour, world, okay. live. I just read about that. Yeah. So you know they've been trying to recruit Jack. Nicholas and all these people, they got Greg Norman. They're it's funded by the Saudi Prince. They've thrown enormous amounts right. of money at these players. Pockets of money, right? And they're trying to look, they're trying to make it different. There's an individual competition, there's a team competition. Evidently they're treating the caddies like royalty, which people appreciate. But the big story here is how much money they're paying these players yeah. to come over. Right. And then the players are saying, oh, they're revolutionizing our game. It's a different way of looking at it. They're building the game. It's exciting. Would you compare this to like the XFL? No. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Okay, no. All right. Because all right. it's the players who have all won tournaments, some yep. majors, some multiple they're buying majors. In. They're buying they're, into this They're idea. being bought. Yes, pretty much. So that's... It's essentially, they're saying all these things, all these right things, and, you know, there's a reporter asking them some of the guys' hypothetical questions. Or, what would you do if uh, Vladimir Putin started a, a golf league? Would you join that? Oh, God. Come and on. the guys are like, really? come on, really? Like, why yeah. are you asking me that? <laughs> yeah. And they can't Common answer. Sense, yeah. They can't say, they've said, I've taken a hard look at it. This is the best situation for me and my family, a.k.a. $50 million just to come play. Yeah. I don't have to even win. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I can I can pay all the... Ah, boy. I got it. Okay. Sorry. okay. <laughs> Distraction number one. <laughs> Boom. Goal lightning. Goal for Tampa Bay. <laughs> this is going to be old news by the time they hear this. <laughs> oh, my God. You were just like... <laughs> Focus. <laughs> so, you know... As we know, and as you have mentioned, the golf any golf player has a, an entourage of people that come with them, from a psychologist yeah, to a masseuse right. to a masseur to an acupuncturist to a mental right. coach, a swing coach, another swing coach, a, <laughs> a chef, psychologist, you know, a financial advisor, a chief of staff. You know all these people, and right. they're 
And then they have their family. Yeah. And then they have the probably once you get to a point in that I don't know if hopefully you will, but I don't know if I will be like <laughs> okay, well now it's time for me to think about my grandkids and let's take care of them. Well the kids right. are all taken care of. They don't right. have to do anything. Yeah. And the best thing for me and my family is to take fifty million dollars, some of them a hundred million dollars, just to come over there. So the thing is everybody Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you serious? He's he's throwing this amount of money at all the players? Not all. It's the big names. Okay. Dustin Johnson is okay. one of them. He no wow. one knows how much he's making, but it has to be oh not, my it has to be eight figures. That's has insane. Maybe maybe nine. Phil Mickelson, maybe nine figures. Get your kids playing golf. <laughs> 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 this is the future. <laughs> so, but you know, you they all understand that this person, the Saudi prince, you know, was responsible for the killing of a reporter. And okay. everyone's like Asking them you yeah. know, what they feel about that. Right, 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 right. So there's some political what? stuff going on behind the 100%. scenes to this whole new golf tour. What's it called? Live. Live. Like L-I-V. Okay. But. Competing against I mean, and taking away, it sounds like, It's all these players, people, yeah. us in the, the real world, I'll call it. Yeah. Complaining. That's unbelievable. How could they right, ever do that? Right. The PGA Tour gave them everything. If we were in, that, if we were in that position. <laughs> yeah. And. You know, maybe you are a fringe player or you've done well, but you're having a hard, you're not doing so great. Right. I mean, you only have a limited amount of time to make all the money for your entire life, yeah. your retirement. Yeah. Maybe you're something you want to help your kids. Yeah. You don't, it's not like one of us can do my job until I'm 70 years old if I want to. They can't do that. Speak for yourself. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we're all complaining, throwing stones, throwing stones. Yeah, yeah, of 99%, course, right? Percent right, of us right. We do, the, we'll do the exact same thing. I know. I know. So, oh my gosh, so the, true. The crazy thing so is, true. the commissioner of the PGA Tour came out, yeah. and said, "All right, you know, if you want to play the majors, we're not going to stop you." Then he said, "Today, as soon as they had all teed off from this tournament, okay, yeah. you're all you can never come on the PGA tour again." Right, like I, I, that's what I read. So, like somewhere along the line, now you're suspended, you're or you lose your you're, yeah card you, you or something. You can't because one I don't of the know players, what the rule is, but. right? Because one of the players said, "You know, I, I don't know if I'm gonna play for the live because I don't want to lose my, uh, what's it called? It's like your, a, your card, your whatever. tour card that that he has worked hard to have for a lifetime." Yeah. I, and I can't remember which golfer it was because I, I just couldn't believe I was some, reading this article about you have to win a, a new tour. A lot of tournaments to yeah. get a tour card forever or yeah. some some yeah. or whatever. That's fascinating. So it's out. I'm kind of interested in it to see yeah. because there's this, individual, like, like I it. said, individual, there's a team game. Right, right. There's there's one event in New Jersey. Who knows what the fan experience is going to be. Uh, yeah, I read that. Yeah. But, you know, some of the, the, tour, in the tour is known as very... Inflexible, unflexible, whatever. Inflexible. And, and some of the players just get so annoyed by the fact that it's one person who can decide. Yeah. Essentially, if you make the cut or not, if you make the cut, you might, between, let's just call it several hundred thousand dollars and zero dollars. Right. There's one person. Right. Or maybe two. And they're right. so obtuse. They're so like, sorry, you know, one guy. Hold on. <laughs> what happened? Nothing. Sorry, that's just one of my neighbor's dogs uh, barking. Not my dog. Okay, as you all know, I have a new dog now. It's just we're we're down in the basement and the door's open. 
<laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's all good. Anyway. anyway yeah. Anyway, let's, we, let's I got, on. I got, a, I got a headline from obviously the, the Paris France. We just finished the French open and the man who is like 80 years old, still winning. His body's 80 years old. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. He had a, he numbed the nerves that in his foot so to finish the final to win against Casper Ruud. We are talking about the great, uh, number 22, uh, Rafa Nadal uh, takes takes number two. He's now number one on the major list, and then on the women's side, Swiatek. I I don't know how to say. It. There's so many different uh, pronunciations for her name. I just say Swiatek the way it is written: S W I A T E K. She had an awesome final against Coco Golf, dominating her reign. She's won like 37 straight matches. But what was cool was Coco Goff was also in the doubles final as well. She lost, but she was in the doubles That's final. cool. Yeah, she was in the singles final and the doubles final. That's really, like as an American. That's Martina-esque. And we had, we had, oh my God. It was, <laughs> well, Martina would have won both. That's a whole new, another Sorry. level. That's Sorry. a whole another level. But what was really cool was that. Um, and she would have won the mixed doubles. Yeah, too. she would have won all, it would have been a clean sweep. I mean, she did dominate. That's why she's one of the greats, but. We had like six women, six or seven women um, going into the second week, and we had no man, American man, going into the second week. So it's really cool to yeah, see. We haven't had any men in the second week. No, we have. I there mean, are like some. There are some good. There are some good. Um, there are some good male U.S. players. Uh, I could rattle off some names, but they're they're out there. So it was it was like oh okay that was kind of a surprise. I got a topic. Yeah. Just yeah. came to mind. Okay. All right, uh, and and look, the you have the weekly W and the wisdom right so, here, sitting on your lap. You've got the book. This was last. This was this was prompted by, unfortunately, last night's events. <clears throat> Braden, oh, Braden started, your son, starting yes. pitching. Yes, he start. You know, the, a lot of errors. He came out of the game. I I don't know. It was six to one or seven to one. I'm not sure. And he was upset. Yeah, and sure, then, naturally. And then getting the next pitcher, more errors. Yeah. Like, ridiculous errors. Like, the the runner runs halfway down third base yeah. because he wants you to throw to third base, throw it away, and he'll come home. Yeah. It happened. Yeah. It's 9-1. to one. Yeah. So our coach is like, I believe in you. We're the comeback kids. Oh, We've nice. done this before. That's Trying cool. to be optimistic. and But Positive, the kids are yeah. just all down trying. Yeah, that's tough. We make it 9-8. to eight. What? Look at that. And that's awesome. They bring in a Roldis Chapman, ten-year-old version. I mean, he's the hardest thrower <laughs> right, in the whole league. Right. Here comes Lefty. the ring. Oh, yeah. And just, I mean, it's unhittable oh, when he pitches. When he pitches, I hated lefties. Yeah, it was just such a different angle coming. So he strikes out Braden in I don't know the fourth, the end of fourth inning. Okay. So it's nine to eight in the bottom of the sixth. He hits the first batter. Batter still second, batter still third. Okay. And then next two guys strike out. Braden comes up. Yep. Tying run on third, strikes out. They oh, go crazy. Man. Braden is yeah. distraught. Oh, devastating. And yeah. we we all went into instant, oh my goodness, how do I talk about the successes of the season? Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about effective communication. One of them is through acts. And we made sure that we had, for 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds and a couple 9-year-olds, we had ice pops, we had donuts, we, <laughs> had, we gave them their first place trophies after the game. We're having Stuff a, down your emotions with food. 
No, it's distraction. <laughs> distraction. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're having pool party on Sunday for the team <laughs> season ending party. Oh, can, that's awesome. You can go to the, your favorite restaurant now and have your fa- I oh mean, it God, was. You guys are great. But it was kind of, it's kind of, I tell Braden, like it's in football, they have the 24 hour rule where you get to think about the last game, win or loss for 24 hours. Yeah. And think about the next opponent. And it's a yep. little bit like that. Yep. But he was distraught. And, and I found it awesome that our coaches were just trying to be optimistic. I was I didn't know this until today, but the pitcher who he knows from school came over yeah. to him afterwards as his team is celebrating and said, pats him on the back. Oh. And he said, It's okay, dude. It's okay. Oh, that's awesome. And Braden was so distraught he could hardly say thank you. He was feeling yeah, he, wasn't, yeah. he wasn't sure if he's He was in the moment. But he wasn't sure if he heard him say thank you, but he wanted it. He was kind of bummed that if he yeah. didn't say thank you. So I read this today. Yep. And it's called Be Relentlessly Optimistic. Someone named Simone Sinek said, optimism is the ability to focus on where we are going, not where we are coming from. Leaders own the optimism. Leaders inspire us ahead. The best gift you can give your team, optimism. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, great. Great leaders are optimists. We are drawn to positive people. No one wants to follow someone who complains all the time and isn't anticipating a bright future. We want to follow people who see greatness in us. We love following people who see a brighter future and want to bring us with them. This doesn't mean leaders don't face hardships, but when they do, they see it as an opportunity to grow. If everything is going wrong, a great leader will still find a way to be optimistic. That's what relentless optimism is. So cool. So cool. So It's a good uh, weekly W. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to think about trying to be optimistic in that moment last night. And, yeah. and it's like, I mean, we always try. It's just, that's something that you have to learn how to do and learn to do effectively because, oh, we got this, guys. Yeah, you know, but they're down nine to one. They can see the score. The older they get, they're, the, the smarter they are to your mind tricks. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to think <laughs> of different, <laughs> you have to think of these, <laughs> these droids are optimistic. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and be specific about it, right? Instead of that vague, you, general, we got this. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is it? we got this? What does that even mean? What does that mean? Subjective is the point. But yeah. you have yeah. to the Jedi mind tricks is something that you have to it's a skill. And practicing it on third, fourth, and fifth graders has been challenging, but also yeah. really fun. The season yeah. ended yesterday and the some of the parents are so thankful and they mostly thankful for giving their boys a great experience. Right. But Right. Seeing some of them grow as people, as players. At some point, they have to take the reins and say, I want to be better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I told Braden last night, this stuck with me forever. Uh-huh. It was 1996, maybe. And the Lakers had lost to. Wow, that was a long time ago. The Jazz. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like 10 years old. Just kidding. <laughs> a little older. But the Lakers had lost to the Lost to the Jazz, and uh-huh. they were in the Western Conference, or lost somewhere, and yeah. Shaquille O'Neal brought the team in, and he says, remember this feeling. Remember it. So, this is because it will motivate you to practice harder, to be a better teammate, to listen to the coaches, what can we do to get better, that kind of thing. And I told Braden the story last night. He says, my stomach still feels kind of tight. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, remember that feeling. And I told him the Shaquille O'Neal story. Because right. he knows him, but yeah. that's that has stuck with me for... Ever, not ever, since 1996, it feels like forever. 
As I, you know, it's funny. I never ago. knew when I was going to use it, right? Right, and here it is. Amazing as a dad, right? Because I felt that feeling too. Like that's great. What can I do? That's great. So I told him, like, if how do we? What do we do? We have to practice. This says right. He's going to practice, but he's got to be the one to decide. I want to do this. Yeah, I'll, I'll help him. Yeah, but I'm not going to. Hey, you have to go practice right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know you've talked about that, right? They've got to pull. So, push. so longest weekly W in the history of dads, <laughs> dudes, and coaches ever. <laughs> but no, I, no. Think- I say it because it's actually it's very pertinent to you. It's very pertinent to your son. It's very pertinent to the idea of being an effective communicator. It's yeah. not easy to when you see your child or you see your player. Could be a sibling, could be a uh, a wife, uh, a significant other, anybody that uh, let's say loses or is in a, in a in a in a uh, what's the word I'm looking for is in is in just like a fragile state, right? And and here we we want to do something to be positive to shed some light on it. It will get better. There's going to be another sunny day. Right now it's a little rainy. Doesn't feel good. We feel tight. Yeah. I love that weekly well, W. There could be more rainy days. Yeah. And this R- is going right. to teach you how to deal with those too. It could be right. worse. Yeah. You could have been in the championship game and given up the game winning single to lose the World Series or something. Yeah. You know, like, but I didn't tell him that. But no, this, no. Like, why would you go there? Everything you don't need to go there. in sports is a life lesson. Oh, my God. But they don't know what's happening. Right. And vice versa. Like, how do we be better parents and dads and, it's communicating. It's learning these nuggets that we're learning here on dads, dudes, and coaches. So, so to be better people. I thought of this topic because of something that I did—a mistake that I made as yeah. a coach. So I'm always, as we've talked about before. Thank in, you for just saying that, owning that. Yeah. I just want to interject because a lot of people don't own their mistakes <laughs> and don't recognize. No, I'm I'm being serious with you. I know yeah. it's, but it's one of those moments where you're like. A lot of people don't recognize when they make a mistake and they don't, they won't own up to it and they don't learn from it and they just keep making the same mistake. Well, same mistakes, but go on. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's refreshing to hear so, you say that. So I'm always teaching, what do we do now? If one out, what are we going to do if it's on the ground? What are we going to do in the air? Like, even if I've said it to him five times already, I want them to tell me the right answer. And so mm-hmm. the kid told me the right answer. Okay. And a lot of them, I was so, it was, awesome to see as the season progressed they would just listen to me as i don't i would say go and they would go they would know they would know what to do like why did you do that there oh i thought there was one out like i had said there's two outs so you don't need to wait to see if they catch it or not just go okay but this so you're checking in looking for a lot of the time but the guys on third base for understanding of the game a lot of situation that happens as soon if the if the pitcher doesn't have the ball it's live you can go run the, the ball gets away from the kid, the pitcher, and I'm s- literally, I lost my mind. I stepped, unzipped, stepped out. I became a different person. Oh, I started, go, no. go, okay. go. Okay. And I started screaming, And you're screaming, shouting, go, okay. go. Okay. He's not moving. So, I, of course, what do you do? You keep louder. Yeah. You were the guy in that video. And I, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was several weeks ago, and then we see a video that, Someone posted that yeah. said this coach just lost his mind, and he, <laughs> I was I wasn't. This guy was looking right at his go, yeah, yeah. screaming go, like physically shaking. 
go. Yeah. And then the kid would go like one step and then go back and like go. Do you want to play that clip? <laughs> no. Okay. I because I, I would if you. I mean, so I heard it. You played it just for me, and I didn't see it. I didn't know what you were playing. It was like mass hysteria, yeah, and I yeah. was actually like, like all the parents sh- are screaming, go. shivering. It was, <laughs> but it was, I was just like, I was just pointing and yelling, go, and he wasn't moving, so I kept getting louder. And then afterwards, like to myself, I thought, okay, that was not effective communication. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff, we, next topic. We should talk about ping. this. <laughs> I get the ping. with our forty-two <laughs> listeners, right? But this is, I mean, you know, it, the effective communication that we are going to just touch on, right? We're going to touch. There's exactly. so there's so Beep. much depth. There's my toe. Boop. There's so much depth to it, right? There, I mean, we're talking a centimeter in the lineage history of effective communication and people, uh, leaders, coaches, parents, bosses, whatever. We are just touching. We're scratching the surface. We're gonna, you know, as we always do. We we bring up these topics. We scratch the surface. We're going to get back. We're going to re, you know, revisit it and come back to it. And Giuseppe will help us if he ever listens. Anymore. Yes, for sure. And <laughs> he is, I mean, he's a, he's a great leader. And what he posts is phenomenal. Yes. Um, agree. And he actually, I think he just posted one on his business. And one was, if you don't mind me segueing, because I have also as an effective communication I think he was talking about more like leadership. What do you do as a leader? But one of them is consistency. Yeah. You're you're consistently communicating because we're talking communication. You're communicating to different people consistently in the same manner. Right? So I'm not going to communicate to you differently than I will somebody else whether or not relationships better or worse, right? So Dealing with a team, I'm looking at a player, and I'm going to communicate with player A and player Y the same way. Why? What's that one word? It's favoritism. Well, but at the same time, there'll be different skill levels. So sometimes you can just say the first four words, or you can just say any one out. And she nods her head. She knows what to do. She's been playing. Well, whether I need to like, explain more or go into yeah, de- right, yeah, no, no. right. But I we mean, always start with the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking being consistent. If let's say we have talked about joysticking, yes. If somebody thinks that I'm joysticking, then that means I'm not communicating effectively. Because in my role at that moment, I should be observing yes. as a coach. Yeah, right, and. So somebody will ask, and, and, this, and I, I tell you this from experience, is that somebody will be like, what do I need to do? We're in the middle of a match. What, what's going on? Or they'll look over, right? They're looking for like approval or something, and you're, do I make a nonverbal communication gesture with my eyes or something, or do I give them a number? No, I, don't, I do the same thing. I stare right back at them because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm just watching. I'm observing. And you would be blown away by how many people look over. <laughs> right after because a because they got joysticked as a kid, <laughs> yeah. right? This is what yeah. happens, everybody. Yeah, if you joystick right? your, your students, your players, when they it's, go, <laughs> high level matches at 
at their country club <laughs> or in their rec league or whatever, and they're going to look at their coach like, what am I supposed to do here, coach? I know I'm yeah, and it's, 40 it, years old and should be able to make decisions on my own. But. Yeah, it, it, it blows my mind. So I'm going to give an example. So, uh, you know, in the NBA Finals, you have two very experienced coaches. One that's been well, there, Steve Kerr for the Warriors, that's, uh, you know, a phenomenal player, great coach now. He's been there, what, six six times or something? I think six, if I have it right, like four know. out of six. But he's been there a lot, right, out of, uh, in the last couple of years. And then you have a new coach uh, on the Celtics side. I think it's Ime Udoka. If I, I, I again, have no like, idea. Ama- You're you, the Celtics Have fan. you watched this guy coach? So I didn't know he was also an assistant for Popovich. For the Spurs, mm-hmm. so he's yeah. So learning from a goat. so he knows our girl. So he's actually. learning, yeah. He's learning from a goat. But what I had, what I noticed when I was started really paying attention when they, when the camper was on him, how incredibly calm he that's is. A, that's another C in effective communication besides consistency is calm. Calm, right? Yes. There are coaches that are not. Bobby Knight was one of the greatest who is not calm. You have numerous players on the court for a tennis player who are calm. Sampras, Federer, they don't like, they're not up and down, right? But they're Rafa. He's not throwing his racket. He's not getting upset. He's just like. He never like, hits the net. He is, he is so. Or at least I've never seen him hit the net. So what, what, do you, what do you think if you look at Uncle Tony in the box when he was coaching him or Carlos Moya now? Do they make any movements? No. It's like they, they, they could be uh, a, they're just sitting there against some sun watching another match. Like they make no movements. It's amazing. Let me read you this real, real Go quick. For it. Real quick. So they're explaining about the coach for the Celtics. He's got his arms folded. He stands on the sideline, exuding a calmness that approaches serenity as if there's nothing that might happen in a basketball game that would either surprise or confuse him. His most difficult moments of his first season as a head coach came when his team was foundering with a record of 16-19 at one point, and everyone around him wondered why he wasn't screaming at his players and throwing things around the room. It turns out he didn't destroy the room because he was too busy reading it. It's Odaka's ability to project calm. It's unbelievable. Like, crazy. But to think that, like, we need to I, have a coach that's, think, like, going crazy. I think Phil Jackson was a lot like oh that. My God. Cerebral. Oh, and he was zen. His, sitting there with his legs crossed, like, watching the players. I mean, but also oh, he reading would, the room. He would know how to motivate his players not during the game. Right. On how to get, right. get championship mentality, for example. And it was funny. I don't know. I'm going to transition a little bit, but get back on topic quickly. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, Phil Shaqu- Jackson was a master but, but communicator. Of Shaquille O'Neal. So okay. Phil used to give them books to read and said, here, we'll read this book. It'll right. be good for you. Right. And Shaquille's like, okay, I'll read it. And so he said, okay, I'll read it. Let's just go, what do you think? Yeah. So Shaquille taught him, told him what he thought. And then I don't think he said anything for a long time, but he admitted recently or maybe he was I saw it recently it was him admitting afterwards that he just read the cliff notes <laughs> <laughs> he didn't read the book oh my god let's go Shaq <laughs> right I don't have time for this <laughs> give me the cliff notes that's amazing so I was recently I recently came across something that we can talk about again later but it was you know parent sideline coaching which we discussed a few weeks ago yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh, which is huge. It's called the 
it's now called the Matheny Manifesto. It started as a letter to the parents of this guy's team, Mike Matheny, former Cardinals catcher, former Cardinals manager. He didn't want to coach, and so he probably reluctantly agreed and it starts by saying, you know, I never thought I would do this. And if I did it, it was going to be a team of all orphans because yeah. <laughs> yeah. the, the interference and unintentional interference that parents make. So I was reading it recently and it made me think of some in effective communication that he right. has. Right. Yep. You know, he says, I'm a stickler about the thought process of the game. I will be talking nonstop about situational hitting, pitching, and defensive preparation, the question that they are going to hear the most is what were you thinking? What were you thinking when you threw that pitch? What were you thinking during that at bat? What were you question. thinking before that pitch was thrown? What were you anticipating anything? Yeah. It was, it's kind of like, that's a part of communication is, is getting your players to not just react, not just, that's part of consistency. That's part of his message. That's yeah. you know, obviously being knowing your players. He's got to know. But, the other part that he talks about, he talks about several things, but w another thing I read was, you know, he's going to be talking to, this is consistency, this is calm. I think of this as involving everyone. Yes. Not just the people on the field. Right. He said, I'll be talking constantly to the players, not on the field, on the bench. Right. What do you think he was doing there? Yeah. What would, what would cool. you have done there? What are you going to do when if if you were at this position and I love that. What were you, what what are you going to be thinking? Right. Or what would you have done differently? So would you have done something differently? It's likely sure. a team of travel yeah. that he's coaching. Sounds the, very the, the ones that are not just there very to serious. get yeah. some exercise. Yeah. But it was just fascinating to me and I was taking away some very good points from it but that's thinking of communication. Yeah, and please forward that to me. I'd love to read it. I mean, there's good stuff in there from what you're, I mean, from what you're saying there, like that's a really high level coaching mentality to have to, well, cause he's, well, what he's doing is collaborating, right? He's involving exactly, them. Exactly. He's involving them constantly. And I look, hopefully I get the chance to coach baseball again because I've learned some things and yeah. And one of the things he says is baseball is a very boring game. If you're not mentally thinking about what you could do back up the runner two strikes right. what am i going to do here if right. it gets on the ground what am i going to do here yeah. if it's in the air what am i going to do here oh he stole second i got to change my whole thing what am i going to do now right. right we're constantly telling him okay where's the play first baseman tell them where the play is and then still second okay <laughs> tell them where the play where's the play guys <laughs> right. let's hear it for the pitcher right so one of the things that you know transitioning on the thing that i my personal philosophy on effective communication is in that moment. Are you qualified to be? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just, I'm a <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I've read certain things. You are more than qualified. I just had to throw that out there. And I'm a pontificator <laughs> and I've been a player. Yeah. And I know it, I've no, seen it I, works and I'm a parent, obviously. <clears throat> I think you are more than qualified to be a coach. Personally, in <laughs> my you. own opinion. Am I coachable? Uh, <laughs> no oh comment. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Absolutely. Uh, and not only are you coachable, you're, you're constantly thinking about it. <laughs> I've, the other day during our, our watching little, you volley, our little two, two, you know, two person clinic, semi-private, we call it. I was coaching the other guy. And you I know, could have said I to know. me, can you please just be quiet and let me do the coaching? But it, that's me like observing 
and thinking of ways that I could possibly help someone. It's not me going, I'm right, right you're wrong. Right, I'm right, always right. trying to You're trying to help, help. make somebody be better. And, I know. and sometimes I say, I do you accept help? And they'll say, no. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, look, I mean, I look at it personally. I look at it like there's no right or wrong. There, and, and particularly there's a good, better, best. And sometimes we're like, you know, you're doing different stylistic strokes out there. So everybody has their own personal, but the fundamentals are the same. Yeah, you know, but but like, okay, you had a very valid point. So the reason I'm thinking about this is, oftentimes us as humans don't realize that we're doing something because we feels like we're doing something else. Right. Isn't that crazy? And that could be mentally, you know, the the thing that people do more than anything is say, you know, uncomfortable pauses. They'll throw an uh um. Right. You know, right. I do it sometimes. But now I feel it. You coach me on that, by the way. Oh, I'm getting you. better. So th- <laughs> it's kind of a, under that same mentality of, yeah. well, that overhead, your shoulders were clearly just facing forward the whole time. <laughs> just turn a little bit, right? But they might not, they might feel like they're turning. And I'm like, right. I was standing right here. Trust me, right. you weren't turning. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very good point. It's a very, what you feel and, and what you're actually doing can be completely and, disconnected. And, and the point is when you hear yourself speak yes. and you, are mortified when you sound like you have no idea that that's what you sound like yeah until you hear it and it's right. similar when you are doing an activity unless you are watching yourself on video which is not the case usually it's someone standing there they're the video they're right. giving you feedback right. So, right. excuse me do you accept yeah tips <laughs> no i do not thank you very much i'm 55 years old and i'm never going to improve <laughs> <laughs> but Anyway, my favorite thing to do out there yeah. with the kids is empathy. Yeah. It is yep. super helpful for yep. young kids thinking, oh, this is normal. I'm not the only one who does this. Right. And uh, even if I have to make up a story, oh, that happened to me. This happened to me. That was me. A lot of the times I don't have to make it up, but I think in those moments, consistency, calm, collaboration, and empathy are empathy is my favorite. So, so let me pitching. let me ask you because so how are you, so you're just speaking about communication. So you're communicating through a story, through your own self to uh, your you coach younger kids to a youth athlete that you have gone through the same experience. Exactly. And okay. And and how does this make the connection between you and that player? Is it is it getting better? Are they understanding? What's your feedback when you do that? It's not immediate, and okay. it's not supposed to be. It's it's eventually it'll kind of click, okay. Right? And if you tell them enough, eventually, and and they want to get better because I found that a lot of them say the right thing, but when there's pressure, they kind of lose their mind and don't know what to do. But if you're constantly doing the things that we've talked about, but and in empathy, you're saying kind of the same message every single time, consistency. That was me. I did that. And guess what happened? I didn't pitch for a long time. And then when I came back, it was completely different. I was confident. I almost beat the best team in the league. Yeah. It was, well, I see. it was completely so I, different. So I, I have a, I'm going to play. Do you mind if I play devil's advocate? Oh, never. Why okay. would I mind? Because I'm not saying that, again, I think that's a very good tactic as a coach to use empathy i would throw caution to the wind 
because sometimes the element of me as a coach creeps into that when you're throwing empathy out there using it and the player can can have an actual negative affect to that when they hear well i don't i'm not you that's not me that's never happened no i'm just saying there's that there's that devil's advocate side in that coaching world that says be very careful about the idea of you interjecting your story because that player has no care in the world about what happened to you. It's about them. And I'm just, again, it's not like this has happened. Yeah. Just be mindful of that. Like, because there could be a kid that's like, I don't, you know, I don't care about you. And this doesn't, and you, you know, sometimes those are the, right. They're not like, they're not the coachable kids. But they might have, and so in front of a group. No, it's never in front of a group. Okay, good. The empathy is always best used individually. Good, I love it. So you, you know, you have a one-on-one moment. Yeah, you're on exactly. the side. You're in a, you know, in a nice, safe environment, and just being aware that maybe this kid's not going to hear me right now. <laughs> Wait, do I want him to hear me right now? Well, Again, I'm, I'm just playing it, devil's advocate, it, it, right? It I, I, that's, also, that's what I have to do. It makes me think of also something that, that I've read about recently is you le- you communicate by example sometimes. Of course, yeah, right? Screaming at the umpires, screaming at the referees, <laughs> yes. screaming at your own Throwing team, your what were you thinking? Right. I think there was one example this year where it was a parent referee Yep. And he made a decision and a call on the field mm-hmm. that the other coach didn't agree with. He was 100% wrong because he did not understand the rule. Okay. But in that moment, yep. he took his team off the field. He said, that's it. We're done. Game's over. Wow. Everyone off the field. Whoa. Okay. And I don't care. And I thought of that in... We all, in he, he was clearly emotional. He probably regretted right. that decision afterwards. Not we've, calm. We've, we've played him again. Controlled, calm. And so I think that as a coach, if you're out there coaching your son, coaching your daughter in team sport, whatever it is. Yeah, in any manner. you keep, They're going to watch you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I found myself communicating with umpires one time in a very sarcastic way. And I didn't do it anymore. Yeah. It was, there was no point. Right. As Frank Martin told us, these guys are just trying to make 20 bucks, right? They don't care. Right, right. It's, you know, like, that's another thing. Like, anything you do should care. You should be the best at it. You should try your hardest. Yeah. You know, the, the umpire and I told him, I don't care what call you make. This is completely off topic. I don't care if you say safe out, whatever it is. If you're in the right position, I will never say a word. If you're out in right field making a call at third base, I might say, huh. <laughs> right. you, man, you got some good eyes. <laughs> yeah, how did right, you right, see right, that? Right. How, did you see, right. Right. <laughs> how <laughs> did you see that? Yeah. No, it's not off topic because you're, you're, it's all about communication. And there, and there was examples that a friend told me of the other coaches. His, his, he's very calm with his kids. They yep. seem to be winning. Yep. There's probably other things that they're doing besides from just being calm. You can't, you can't be kumbaya and win without actually teaching your kids how to play yeah, the game but, correctly. Right. But the other coach, but he's stress. 
freaking out about yeah. everything, kid, yeah. yelling at the kids. Some of them may be crying. Like, I'm like, doesn't is, sound fun to me. What is? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Not enjoyable to, to me. Yeah, we need to yeah. keep this going for a while and get this into more ears and be like, what are we doing? Yeah, out there, guys. Yeah. And I would, I would, I would love to know if it, like, I, I definitely feel, I think we, we feel that it's, it's not just a local community wide topic that needs to be addressed, but it's more like a, like a country wide, (laughs) maybe a globally (laughs) wide, but right. That's why there's so many good speakers about this. It's something that I've read about once that, and I may have spoken about this before, is someone, everyone wants to be nice. This is an example. Everyone wants to be nice. Everyone wants to be helpful to other yeah. people. In a moment where they forget to say thank you for opening the door, they're not being rude. Right, right, right. They, yeah, you they love this might, one. They might have, their parent might have be sick, their dog died, they're going to lose their job, how are they going to pay rent? All these things are going through their head and need to kind of like bring that, oh, I should say thank you to the frontal cortex. They might not know. They're not aware of what this is. So these coaches think they don't even know that they're not supposed to joystick, that they think that that's bad or better ways to communicate and and remove emotion from the situation. When you're coaching anyone, they're looking at you. And what are you teaching them? And I'm sure the conference, don't you want to win? Don't you want to be great? No, I don't. <laughs> you know, maybe I did, but now I don't anymore. Right, right, right. There's so there's verbal and nonverbal communication. Both are just as important as as each other. Uh, and I and I just you know before we go, we only have a couple minutes left. One of the ways you can communicate to your players, to parents, because obviously that's also a, a big important thing, um, is through uh, writing. Uh, stuff down. Yeah. Um, printing stuff out. Um, how to be a good teammate, how to be a good parent. If you're a parent watching uh, your son, daughter play a sport, um, those are great ways to communicate uh, that they can, or like email. Um, how, you know, the communication now is so open, right? And you just, you can refer to it. You could do it every week. Hopefully you don't turn into a... Matheny manifesto, but right. it's a slim down version yeah. of that. Yeah, I mean that's right. This is the best thing you can do. This is I'm just gonna let you know if you don't. That's or what like I'm expecting from you. Yeah, or like from a league, like this is what we expect from parents. This like, uh, uh, and again, I don't. It's not, which the, is it dude, necessary? I don't know. They try. Okay. And they remind yeah. the coaches constantly, don't talk to the umpires. Yeah. But these overzealous coaches, you know, they had to warn us during the, before the playoffs. Do not chase the umpires off the field after the game. Oh, my gosh. Come on. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. That's, and I, that's and I've, seen, I've seen situations, aside from umpires, I've seen a kid breaking down in the middle of the game, and we are trying to coach them, and the parents are screaming at them. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, that's not, not that's really helping oh boy yes there's a get out yeah. find out why are they like that guess right. what it was 85 degrees they were yeah. out in the sun all day they had four ice creams cotton yeah. candy they didn't eat anything i'm sure there's and a now they can't figure reasons. out why they're not throwing strikes right it's likely not because of what you think it is yeah. let's figure out what's going on yeah, yeah get him yeah. to smile i got the person to smile i got the person to f- not feel pressure right 
I got the person to say, we got your back. We're going to score runs. You don't have to be perfect. Right. Just and that was, that was really fun. I love the mental aspect of trying to break through to the players that are really hard on themselves. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, 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 I no, thought no. the we're, Rangers almost no, scored. No, 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 no. Oh, no. my goodness. We're about to go. We have to go watch this game. Let me, can I just, uh, before we go, I know I know you're glued to the TV. No, no, no. The, you've done a fantastic job, by the way, being so focused while the game is right in front of you. So have you ever heard of the um, the saying that this refers to your player? Your players don't care what you know until they know you care. Ooh, that's gonna, awesome. I okay. love that one. It's one of those really ah, important... Oh, my goodness. How many minutes? Do we have 40 no, no, more minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, of those, one of those things that I always remind myself before I start to communicate. And it goes along what you said. I'm going to leave it at this. Then we're going to go and leave it at this. Sleep on that, folks. Yeah, we're going to, because what you said with the idea of empathy yeah, goes a long oh way goodness. in making your players Say it one more know time. Say that it one you more time. care. Say it one more time. Which one? The quote. The quote. So your players don't care what you know until they know you care. Oh, my goodness. All right. Yes. There we go. So that's the because for us, you know, it's all about at dads, dudes, and coaches. It's all about understanding, making sure that we're doing better. We want you to do better. And buddy, it's been awesome. If for the you Rangers minutes. win, I have to come over here for every single game. Like this, right? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> it's a new With this tradition. exact setup, the papers there, the TV there, this the beer. This kind I wish of they could, I wish they could see what we're looking at. It's amazing, but. For us here at Dads, Dudes, and Coaches, my co-host, Bradley Olson, myself, Jeff Locani, we love talking to you. We hope you enjoyed hearing about effective communication as a coach. We're going to do it again. We This is just scratching the surface. It's amazing. Keep it real. Keep improving. And keep doing better. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. See ya. See ya.